0: Welcome back to Got Teched The Podcast. This is episode 35 called 50 Chrome Extensions for the Student-Centered Classroom. In this episode, Geis and I share our top 50 list of Chrome extensions that will help make your classroom more student-centered. We'll feature extensions on productivity, curation, creativity, feedback, personalization, and presentation. This is a giant list with limitless applications. Check it out.
1: We're back with episode number 35. I mean, we are creeping up on a half a century here.
0: Yeah, that's pretty insane. And this is really getting into uh, summertime now, coming after our last episode where we gave everybody some resources to sort of advance their uh, profession over the summertime. I guess we're kind of doing a similar thing here in episode 35, but definitely with a different spin so uh guys why don't you tell everybody a little bit about episode 35 and what we're going to be featuring because i think this one is perhaps our most information-packed episode yet
1: yeah this episode we're just going to have one long segment And this segment is going to be jam-packed with Chrome extensions that you could use to support a student-centered learning environment or a student-centered classroom. So when you really think about it, say you're someone that might be more of a traditional teaching style, but you want to get more into your student-centered learning, your personalized learning, your, uh, you know, taking away yourself from the picture and putting more emphasis on the students taking grasp of their own learning, this will be a good episode for you because we are going to give you a list of Chrome extensions that support the student-centered classroom that you can get familiar with over the summer. And that's very important because when do we have the most time to work on stuff that we're
0: doing for next year,
1: especially if we're doing a big change, and that is over the summer.
0: Right, so we're gonna be featuring 50 different selections. That's five, zero, 50 different selections. So we're gonna go really broad for today's episode, but sort of back off on uh, some of the depth in each one of these. So this episode's for those of you that really just wanna hear as many different options as possible. Keep in mind, Definitely not all of them will work for you. But maybe out of the 50, if you even hear, I don't know, five to 10 of these things that spark something inside you, make you say, yes, I want to check that out. I want to do some more research. Then you just, you go look it up. You, you add it to your own Google Chrome and you start playing around to see what it might do for you.
1: So one thing that we, we need to know whether or not you like these types of episodes. So please, when you get a chance, you could go find us on gottech.com. You could leave us a little uh, message there. We have a little contact form where you could let us know what you want want, and we'll make sure that we uh, fulfill that need. But also, we're curious to see if this is the type of episode that you want. So any way that you can leave us some feedback on Twitter at We Got Tech and we'd love to hear from you.
0: So the last thing before we start going through these 50 selections is we've categorized them in the ways that we thought would kind of be most helpful um, and I'm just going to let everybody know what those categories are ahead of time before we get into it and we're kind of probably going to go through them in this order too. So first uh, creativity, second curation, curation we just sort of mean uh, the best ways to like collect resources and possibly then share them out, uh, feedback, so providing feedback feedback to students or just feedback in general, personalization, presentation, and maybe i, I it's definitely my favorite. It might be your favorite too, because I think it has the most uh, interesting things. That is productivity. So just ways to make a teacher's life easier.
1: Yeah. Student-centered learning, uh, productivity is definitely key. It's going to keep you on track to get things out to them easier, quicker, and it also will help the students as well. So a lot of ours are going to fall within that broad category, but let's get right into the creativity category. And the first one I'll talk about is Canva and this, One is monumental in education, because not only does it allow you to take templates that are already pre-made and get information out to them quick and it looks professional, but it also takes that person like me who has zero artistic capabilities, talents, whatever you want to call it, and I can make an infographic that looks so professional that people don't think that I actually made
0: it. And for Canva, I can't stress enough, uh, the time-saving aspect, it's all pre-done, it's all templates, 30 seconds, You type. Type in your own text and it looks like you hired a professional graphic designer to create something that you can share on your uh, social media or any other place. The second selection is called Colorzilla. I've talked about this one before. Uh, I love this because I'm obsessed with matching colors almost in sort of like a branding sort of a way. All my videos that I post for my students, I make sure that the colors match. These things are out there online with my name attached to them and I want them to look good and look as professional as possible and a big part of a part of that for me is making sure, like I said, that the colors are matching or I can select very specific colors, maybe steal a color from an image I'm using. And uh, Colorzilla lets you do that with a super advanced eyedropper just like you would have in any sort of, uh, you know, word processing or m- most sort of creation apps or a uh, creation tech these days. But it lets you do that from any website in your Chrome browser at any time. There's also a color picker, a gradient generator and all sorts of other goodies when it comes to selecting and using colors. I love Colorzilla and it's a strong choice. Uh, strong selection for me.
1: Now, a lot of these we could put in multiple categories, but just note that we already thought about that. So the next one we could easily put in the personalization category and it is called Pablo. We elected to go with the creativity because Pablo allows you to uh, take a quote or a picture that you like and add the opposite to it. So if I had a quote that I really like, the will to win means nothing. The will to prepare means everything. And I want that quote to have a nice picture behind it well maybe I go find you know a sports competition where where people uh, competed and they won and that picture really makes that quote stand out uh, pablo will allow you to do it and a lot of times this goes with the creativity I'm creative in ideas I'm not creative in the artistic sense of it so if if I walk into a classroom and I see teachers that have these quote message boards and stuff like that well this program right here allows me to be on the same playing field as them because they bring me the creativity, I bring the quote. And I, I think that's pretty awesome.
0: Pablo's super cool. And the next one kind of goes along for me with uh, my previous choice, which was Colorzilla. This one is called What Font. And What Font does exactly what it sounds like Anytime you see a font that you'd like, uh, what font allows you to immediately look up and know the font name, the family of that font, color, style, size, position, any other information you need to know about that font. So then you can bring it to uh, your own creations, your own videos, your own presentations, whatever else you're creating. It sort of just makes that super quick and easy like with most of our selections from the creativity category. So I think that actually wraps it up for creativity, which means we can move on to our next category which is curation Geist do you want to kick it off there
1: yeah and I'm gonna kind of cheat here because I'm gonna lump two together and the reason why I'm gonna do that is because one makes the other one extremely that much more organized and easy. And the one that is probably top five on the list of 50 is Google Keep. Google Keep allows you to save your URLs, texts, images, take notes, whatever you wanna do, and add labels to them so you can organize them by label. Now, category tabs for Google Keep allows you to basically turn those uh, notes or whatever you save there uh, into a sticky board, and each label So each category that you have, so I have one for professional development, I have one for books I want to read later on, I have one for awesome blogs, uh, and every professional development that I go to and sit through, I take anything I like from them and I put that in another label. But what category tabs for Google Keep allows you to do is you can organize all those things that you currently have in there or anything in the future by label just by changing the color to whatever label you, or color that you assign to that category or label. And, uh, I know teachers use Google keep also for rubrics. They'll Post the rubric in there, and it's integratable into all our Google apps. So if someone writes an essay and you have your rubric, and you could easily just slide that um, rubric that you put in the in your Google Keep over to the Google Doc, and it, it makes a copy of it. You could also make uh, virtual digital stickers by doing that as well. So we no longer put 100 A plus at the top in red pen. Now we put a GIF or a sticker, um, at the top of it and you slide it over from Google keep. So those two are pretty awesome and, uh, category tabs for Google Keep definitely enhances Google Keep itself.
0: Yeah, that's a great one for anybody who likes to organize. For me, that really jumps out. Uh, my next choice in curation is something called Evernote Web Clipper. Um, just imagine, I think the best way to understand this is going to a website, and sometimes it's a pain to kind of figure out how to store that information. I guess you could bookmark it so that it's there for later, but sometimes you want, stu- want stuff saved locally. Maybe you want to add it to your Google Drive and save things in different uh, picture formats or just text. Well, Evernote Web Clipper makes all that really super easy it allows you to clip any web page you're on um, within that you can highlight the information that you're interested in most maybe there's something you want to focus on later maybe something in particular you want your students to see you can highlight that uh, sort of like in an annotation style so you can annotate the website my favorite part is uh, taking screenshots um, for me I'm still going all, all the time to this snipping tool that comes on my computer but this is like a way faster version of that to get a screenshot of whatever website you're on and the best part is having immediate access to that information afterwards, kind of whenever and wherever you need it without kind of scrolling through your files uh, in in more of a long form sort of way. So Evernote Web Clipper is really quick and awesome way to save content from websites in a nice clean and organized way.
1: What is the difference between the snipping tool and Evernote Web Clipper? And I will tell you because I know that this isn't something you're familiar with, but I, I am. I don't know. With a snipping tool, that's literally a picture. Right. With the Evernote web clipper, if there are hyperlinks in there, guess what? That comes with it. So, if if you have pictures or hyperlinks, all that stuff comes with it and it's all live like it would be on the website. That's so, awesome. Yeah, that is pretty sweet. Next one is another one of my top 5 favorites and it's because I don't have a lot of time on my hands. I know teachers out there, you don't have a lot of time on your hands, but you want to constantly grow. And The reason why I know that is you're listening to this podcast and that's your professional development. It might be in your car. You might be mowing the lawn. You might be doing the dishes. You might just be sounding out your kids um, with a pair of headphones in your house. Who knows? But with Feedly, this allows you to get the content that you want to be able to read and get to very quickly. What it does is it collects RSS feeds. So every blog, every podcast, um, anything that is published in blog form has this RSS feed. And this podcast has an RSS feed feed. But you could collect these RSS feeds from your most famous people that you like to follow. Uh, the Eric Kurtz, the Alice Keillers, uh the Casey Bells, the Matt Millers, all these people. Uh, the Jeff Bradburys. We could keep going on for days. Uh, you can take their RSS feed, put it into Feedly, and it will publish, like when you open up Feedly, it will show you anything, any blog that they've published recently. So you can look at today's blogs that are new and it will only show today's. If you want to go back a day, you could do that. But it's an easy way to get content and be able to find the stuff that you're interested in very quick. If you like the content and you want to read it, you could save it for later. You could read it then and there, or you could swipe left or right, depending how you have it set up, and you can just delete it off your Feedly. So awesome resource.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, Feedly is one of my faves. And the, and the next one is to uh, Google Arts and Culture. It's just so, so cool. If you go to Google Arts and Culture, the best way to think about it is just sort of like an online art gallery, an online museum that features thousands upon thousands of artist works kind of organized by, by type and by artist or by museum. And uh, of course, there's no substitute for going to an actual museum or gallery and seeing these things in real life. But something like Google Arts and Culture is there, of course, for those things you can't do. Maybe going to another country Obviously, your art class probably isn't going to be able to do that just in terms of money and time and everything else. But with Google Arts and Culture, it's probably about the closest you can get to actually going to the place. A lot of the paintings they have uh, scanned in and like super, super high res so you can actually zoom in and really get closer to those works than you probably even could if you were there in real life. Again, no substitute, but definitely a different way to view art. Uh, Some of my favorite things that they have also uh, besides the, the they call it the art camera, which is super high def artwork that you can view. There's also 360 videos in what they call uh, Street View. Street View kind of like on Google Maps where you can sort of click and drag your mouse and you move around. You can look up, down, left, right, view whatever's around, zoom in. They let you do Street View but inside of famous, not just artistic but cultural sites. Uh, they have the Taj Mahal. They've got all sorts of different museums like the MoMA in New York, uh, the Uffizi uh, uh, the Galleries in Florence. You name it, you've got it. Again, no substitute for going there, but when you can't, this is just a really cool way to tie it in. Even in a class like I teach with chemistry, there's a lot of chemistry to be learned about art and paintings and colors and dyes and photography, so what a cool intro to a lesson about some of that chemistry uh, to kind of have kids explore some of these galleries. They also kind of let you do a thing in, in your new tabs within the Chrome browser every time you open a new tab, uh, Google Arts and Culture will automatically sort of pop in ima- a different image each time into the background of that tab. So lots of really cool stuff there, not only for yourself, but for your classrooms as well.
1: All right. So I'm going to bundle a couple of um, extensions together. And and the reason why we put multiple there is they all have little pieces which are different. And really, we're not saying use them all. We're not saying use any. We're just saying find one that fits your need and use that one. And uh, that's the thing. I mean, there are a lot of extensions out there that repeat the functionality of another, but some are just better for you or some look different that pleases you more than the other one so the next two are save to google drive and save to pocket so if you're a big drive user i would probably say hey go to google drive this you like this on the website you like this uh uh, piece of content it will take a screenshot and it will save it straight to your uh google drive So if if you're going and, and there's someone did a very cool way of solving a math problem, and you wanna take a picture of that, and you wanna share it to everybody in the classroom, and the way that you do that is through a folder, I would say get saved to Google Drive. Now if you just want something for your own personal leisure, and you don't wanna crowd your Google Drive, I would say save to Pocket. It allows you to create labels and read it later. It's very similar to uh, Google Keep. Me personally, I don't see myself going away from Google Keep, but if I don't wanna crowd my Google Keep and I want a secondary option to create a resource thing, I would probably choose Save to Pocket. If I want to share it with students, I'd probably use Save to Google Drive. But I would also have Google Keep there for certain projects as well if I just wanted to make that my rubric place. So you have plenty of options. We're giving you options and these are extensions that we're familiar, familiar with or we know other people use and that's why we incorporated them on this list.
0: And this next one is kind of tough for us to talk about. What The school, the, the school that Geis and I teach at, we are a Google school I guess you could say the kids have Chromebooks and that's primarily what we use however we're not a Google Classroom school we have another service that does sort of our learning management stuff for us so we're familiar with Google Classroom but definitely not experts only because we don't get a chance to use it with our uh, students on a regular basis so this next one is for those teachers that are using Google Classroom and I'm just going to go to sort of talk from what I've I've read about this app it's called Share to Classroom and it sounds really awesome just in in terms of again that curation piece, but really saving time. That's sort of the theme for a lot of these so far. Um, what it allows you to do is with the share to classroom extension, if you find a web page that you want to share with your students, and I like the how the immediacy of this, it allows you to take that web page and push it out to any of your classes within Google Classroom so that they open up instantly on your students computers. I, I could see this being really cool if students are working in small groups, uh, maybe on a project and you want them to see something as part of the next stage of that project, or if you notice everybody's struggling with a certain aspect, you quick find a resource, push it out. That opens up a discussion with the whole group. Tons of different ways that I could see this being used in a classroom. Um, But again, I like sort of that instant like, okay, guys, check this out. Pop, it's there. They can see it. So, Google Classroom teachers, definitely check out share classroom
1: the next one I'm not going to spend much time on it is equally effective and also provides you another option like the last couple I've talked about Uh, you could save a page uh, from anywhere and you could save it it's called Wakelet that's the extension Wakelet is gaining more and more popularity I feel Uh, it's more talked about but it's another curation resource and this is going to close out our curation part of the uh, show and we're going to head into feedback with probably
0: one of my uh, favorites hate to talk about it because I know you love this one, but I just uh, before we came in here to record this episode, I was kind of frantically trying to finish up some grading as the school year winds down. And anybody who know, any teacher who's graded stuff electronically, uh, the value of canned comments cannot, you can't say enough about it. it just makes things so quick and easy. Uh, the simplest level just kind of control seeing the same comment back and forth. But you can only do one comment that way with a, if you need a variety of comments that you're making over and over and over again, there's definitely some resources out there that make that easier. So, and this is, I think is the best one and it's called Checkmark. Uh, Checkmark lets you do just that. You can create canned comments and just within a, uh, the Google Doc that you're editing or provided comments for sort of instantaneously insert those canned comments for feedback on probably, I would imagine, some sort of student writing. doesn't have to be necessarily writing any sort of project that's been created in that doc. So fast, so easy, especially for those assignments where you know the kids generally, I don't want to say make the same mistakes, but where you end up providing sort of the same feedback over and over again, or the same five pieces of feedback. Now it's just click and drag, click and drag, click and drag, and it, it goes so so fast. So Checkmark has always been one of our Got Tech favorites, and definitely worth bringing up here today to start off the feedback category.
1: All right, another one that is kind of newer to me, but I've used it and I think it's pretty cool. It's called Screen Shade. All right, Screen Shade is a it's an extension by the EdTech team and it lets you quickly and easily cover your screen or a portion of it. You could use Screen Shade to hide answers to questions. So if you have a whole bunch of questions up there, you already want the answers up there so you don't need to type them and put them in and wait a long time. You could just cover that part of the screen and as you go over you can move that shaded area down so it reveals the answer one thing i want to try this with and i haven't had the chance yet is i want to see if this will finally be an easy solution to creating the uh what is it called with uh uh game show help me out here
0: a specific game show you're yeah you get
1: you get x's if you get it wrong
0: come on Come on, Uh, I'm having a case of the Thursdays. Oh yeah,
1: the um, Family Feud. Family Feud, that's the one. Got it. So as you can see, we don't have what we're going to say written on paper, otherwise (laughs) I would have had that one down. But the Family Feud, uh, I want to see if, I want to start off a professional development playing the family feud but i want it in a way that it makes sense so i'm wondering if this will take care of that so uh i'm really hoping screen shade uh will, will allow me to do this
0: that's a that's an awesome idea and the uh, the next one honestly truly one of my favorite favorite Chrome extensions. I use it all the time in my own classroom and it's called Edpuzzle. Um, What Edpuzzle allows you to do is not so much give feedback but it preps you for what feedback to give. Any teachers that are interested in blended learning, flipped classroom especially, imagine finding or creating a video. That video is on YouTube. Uh, With Edpuzzle you can take that video, crop it down, which is just one very small aspect of what makes it so great, but crop it down. And the really cool part is um, explaining over top of that video things in your own voice. So it's sort of like enhancing the video with your own additions that you can record and for me the best part is embedding quiz questions throughout the video so when you watch a video through Edpuzzle it's the same video that's on YouTube but there's stopping points where the video will automatically stop and you set those yourself and then at that stopping point it asks the students who are viewing it different questions so it's a way for them to kind of self-assess and keep track of you know did I actually write this thing down it must be important we just you know it just prompted me to I was just asked about that point it also the teacher kind of lets you know because you get all this feedback before the students come to class. It lets you know what they maybe didn't understand in the video and that to me really is the best part of any blended style lesson, any flipped classroom lesson is sort of tailoring the class barrier to exactly what the students need and Edpuzzle just makes that so seamless and easy and the kids really enjoy it too, especially if they know that watching videos is a part of your class because it's kind of helps them honestly, if they get to a, a stopping point that asks a question, you're sort of letting them know like, hey, this is important, This is is something that you should focus on. So definitely, Ed Puzzle's is worth checking out.
1: Yeah, I definitely support the Ed Coach uh, message that you have there, or the support for Ed Puzzle extension. Uh, the next one I'm going to talk about is called Riq. W R I Q, and this one is a newer one. Um, it's by Text Help. So that's the one I believe Texthelp did uh, Equasio and they have a couple other really, really good extensions out there. And uh, Raikyu allows you to not only provide feedback, to written essays, but it also gives you statistics. It has a built-in rubric where you could say this, they have it set up as grade level, below grade level, or above grade level um, for each thing. And you you can create, they, it's a new extension, and they're gonna bring this, uh, the ability to for you to be able to implement your own, uh, integrate your own rubrics into it. But right now, those are your three options. But by the end of the summer, you should have that capability. That's what I heard about it. But Raiq is amazing because it's like, Everything that you want in a, a feedback extension, all in one area. It has the ability to easily turn on the grammar checker. So you could see how well your students did grammar, spelling, stuff like that, provides those statistics. And that's the key word, statistics. If you're able to see statistics, you're able to see what part of the writing is lacking. All right, so that's awesome. Uh, The second thing it allows you to do is to kind of highlight areas of strength and weaknesses and all that good stuff. But all this gets pulled in and it shows you data on it. And it shows you if they're above level here, below level here, on par, that type of thing. The one thing that I wish that they consider and text help is always awesome at taking feedback I I read some of the forums and message boards with text help and I hear great things about them but if you could also have the option of doing voice comments with this extension that would eliminate the need for five to seven extensions that I use while grading depending on what the uh, you know what the assignment is I have one that I will use verbal feedback on if it's a smaller assignment I have one that I would highlight if it's another assignment but all these different options So Raikyuu is one that's coming out of the woodwork, and it is going to be awesome.
0: And uh, Raikyuu to me sounds like it has the potential to be a game changer, like you said, for replacing so many different apps. The last one to close out the feedback category is a simple but awesome one. It's called Talk and Comment, and it really just allows you to leave voice comments within the comments of a Google Doc or a Google Slide. So most people are familiar with leaving comments on Google Docs, but now imagine you leave that comment by highlighting a piece of text, but instead of just typing in the comment, you actually get to record your voice. And, and I like that because sort of lets you, it lets everything seem a little more personalized for the student getting the feedback from you because it's your voice instead of just being typed. <music> you can follow Got Tech outside the podcast at gottech.com or on Twitter at wegottech.
1: All right, it's time to get into one of my favorite categories, and this is personalization. And students really like it when you go the extra you know, mile here, even though it's not that hard to do this, when you take the time to relate to them a little bit outside of the sense of the content. So for example, Bitmoji, uh, a lot of people have heard of Bitmoji, but it's very effective. You see people incorporating these in their emails. Uh, it's something that you could use across many different communication
0: methods such as your email any of the google apps they even have an app you can download on your phone so you can text your bitmoji around
1: Uh, that's awesome bitmojis are big It, it personalizes the learning it gives them little messages like you did it pretty much any scenario that you could think of it will have your personalized Bitmoji, so it kind of looks like you, even though mine, I'm not 100% sure it does, but it's close enough that they get the point. But Bitmoji is a great one.
0: Yeah, Bitmoji is probably my favorite of the emoji choices we have here. There's a couple others. I'll just sort of lump them together. Our next two selections, kind of similar things, uh, but not as cool in the personalization aspect that Bitmoji does, but still awesome in other ways. There, uh, one of them is called Emoji Keyboard. It's kind of the same thing as when you text emojis on your phone. It just makes that pop. Possible in your Chrome browser, so anytime you're you're typing it in some sort of a text box or a Google Doc, you can insert emojis in that. So that's a super fun way to personalize some of your documents. Uh, same thing for emojis for Google Chrome, pretty much the exact same purpose.
1: Uh, also, our last one for this one is uh, Giphy. That's G-I-P-H-Y. Giphy brings you the power of a GIF search engine anywhere on the web, so you can respond to emails, tweets, and more with GIFs uh, quickly and easily. So these could just be funny little inspirational things that you could send to people as they complete assignments and things like that. And those are the things, especially if you make them unique to the student or relatable to the student. If you find one that if some kid was talking about how he liked the Eagles and or the Giants or whoever, neither one of those is my team. That's a disclaimer. (laughs) Uh, My team is very bad. Uh, But anyway, if you find one where it has one of their favorite teams or players spiking a football after they scored a touchdown. They appreciate that, they recognize
0: it, and that tends to get you uh, bonus points in their eyes. And that's a good one for me to sort of tie into our whole next section. That's it for personalization. And we're going to move into presentation now. And you'll find in the presentation category, it's really just different things that you can use to create presentations, mostly in the video format uh, that can be posted or viewed by your students outside of the classroom. And I think Giphy is a big part of that for me. Uh, So we have four here, I'm going to read off all of them now, and then we'll kind of talk About each one briefly, individually, in terms of what makes them kind of unique and special. Uh, So they are loom. L-O-O-M, Loom, Nimbus Screenshot and Screencast. There's also Screencast-O-Matic, my personal favorite, and Screencastify, so I'll kick it off with Loom. Mostly you'll find these all pretty much do the same thing. They are, in essence, Screencast recorders or screen recorders, so whatever's on your computer screen, it records that with your voice over top. The classic way to use this is kind of clicking through a slides presentation and you record that and it makes, you can make a really nice professional looking video. Loom does just that, but really what I like about Loom is that it lets you insert a headshot so records your face through your computer's webcam uh, which most of these services do also but I, Loom's I think is just the most attractive one. It puts your face in a circular shape which I know sounds like a silly minor detail but that circle to me just looks better than most of the others which as far as I know are still using like a little square image of your head. So that's really what I like about Loom and of course once you create the video there's all sorts of editing options where you can add in effects and sounds and, and highlights and then you can share it out push to YouTube, or really, I think most of them lets you push to really any other uh, uh, video storage platform from there, but Loom's definitely a a cool one to check out.
1: See, Nick is very easy to please. I'm a little (laughs) bit more nitpicky with my uh, presentation extensions. Uh, Loom is great, uh, and I do understand what he said about the circle. Another thing about it is it's very connected with uh, uh, G Suite, so that's another thing that I would give it. Uh, And Screencastify is exactly the same as that. There's very little differences in functionality. It is a square picture. I, I think Loom's a little bit more user friendly. But Screencast O Matic, it will connect. You, you are able to save it places and things like that. But as far as editing, Screencast O Matic, in my opinion, is far above all the others. And then probably fourth on this list is Nimbus Screenshot and Screencast. The reason why I we, create, or we brought this one into this uh, category is one thing I like about it is when I go to take a screenshot, it's whatever's on your screen. But what if what you want is larger than the screen? Well, with some of the advanced tools, and I, 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 I know I have a subscription to this one because I needed it for a project, but I can't remember if this is part of the freemium or if this is the enhanced, but it allows you to scroll. So if the page is larger than your screen, it allows you to scroll down and make a big cut. Well, that's awesome. So that is the reason why this one is uh, included in this one. I would use the other three for the screencast purposes, but for the screenshot, I would definitely use Nimbus screenshot and uh, screencast.
0: That's really cool. I didn't know Nimbus did that. I'm going to have to check that out. And that wraps up our presentation features. We'll get into the last category, which is the behemoth, the Tyrannosaurus Rex of our category selections today. And that is productivity. You'll find a lot of these aren't necessarily designed for t teachers. A bunch of them are, but some of them aren't. But we think that's okay because anytime you can make your day more productive, that allows a teacher to enhance really any other aspect of the job, which is what we're looking to do here. So our productivity category, I'm going to kick it off and steal one of my favorites. I hope you don't mind. It's called Bitly. If you don't know what Bitly is, almost for sure you've seen what Bitly produces or what it creates. And that is a special type of an abbreviated link. I remember being in school when sort of the internet first started to get used in school and a teacher would give me a worksheet with a website link that I was supposed to go to with the Chromebook or the with the laptop cart that we had for that day and it was like you know the whole length of the page and then multiple lines. And I was trying to type in all these random letters like 15Z9CHKXAU2, horrible, you make a mistake, you can't get there. Uh, Today we have a lot of ways around that, of course, and one of them is Bitly. You create a Bitly account and it lets you put in a super long URL. And it produces a super teeny tiny short one that is just a lot easier to type in to your browser and then navigate to. And my favorite part about Bitly is that it lets you customize these. Uh, So the, you know, the ending part of the shortened Bitly URL, they all start with bit.ly backslash something like that. And then you can decide what words or numbers or codes gets typed in at the end. There's all sorts of really cool applications from this. I use them for, you know, scavenger hunts where they have to type in the right code to get to the website or just trying come up with weird, goofy things to end those links with. And Bitly is also trackable. So you can go into your account and see how many times certain links have been clicked. Uh, So Bitly is definitely one of my favorites here in productivity.
1: And I have to add on to this um a little bit and, and nick and i have found this out the hard way but it is case sensitive uh so anything that you type so if we were doing a presentation introducing our podcast got Tech, and we did bit.ly slash got teched if we make it a mixture of lowercase and capital letters they have to type in the lowercase and capital letters uh, it is specific like that so one one piece of advice is to make it all either capital are all lowercase there. Uh, if you start bringing in numbers like zero, that's going to even confuse the matters more. So you want to avoid that. Uh, but I do love the trackability of bit.ly because that allows you to know how many people have clicked on it or how many times something has been clicked on. So let's get back into it in the correct order because Nick buttonhooked me here. I don't even <laughs> know why we assign things. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But thinking of assigning things, when Nick first started teaching, he would have this to-do list, like it looked like the scroll from the Munchkins in the Wizard of Oz. I mean, this thing went down to his feet and rolled down three steps and it was still there. And by the end of the day, somehow he would have all this done. Now I was like, what do you put on that thing? you know, pretty much everything. I was like, so if you breathe in, breathe out, you just crossed off two of those. Yeah, kind of like that. Put them on the list. I was like, why? It makes me feel more accomplished. Well, any do new tab, this extension allows you to create a to-do list. And as you're done with them, you can take them off the list. So instead of Nick wasting 14 tablets on his to-do list every day, Mm -hmm. now he can just use this and just take up digital space.
0: Yeah, that's definitely out for the, for all the other list makers out there. Check out any do new tab. Uh, the next one is DocHub. I'll talk about this really quick because it's pretty simple. Anytime you hand out permission slips or documents that you need signed, this could be syllabus at the start of the year. I run a ski club at the school. So there's all kinds of permission slips and monies that have to get turned in. Get rid of the paper. hub allows you to turn those into PDFs and those PDFs can get sent through Gmail and you can electronically sign and then collect and organize all of those permission slips. And I'm sure there's a ton of different ways you could apply this in the classroom too but dot cub is just a really nice way to simplify and cut back on the uh, paper usage
1: the next one is Equasio for math and a lot of science teachers this is a go-to it's a must own so uh, with equasio It is a pain in the tush, keeping this kid friendly, but it's a pain in the tush to type in a formula and have to subscript, superscript, and all that, and then copy it in so it formats into your Google Doc or your Word document, um, so it looks right. Well, with Equasio, you can write it if you have a touch screen. You can type it and it converts it it knows what you want to say or you can say it uh you could do a screenshot from a different website if there's a problem that you want to take and what it does is it will properly format it and throw it into your google doc or your test whatever you're doing or your worksheet and it will easily bring those formulas formatted in a way that you want no more worrying about which shortcut does a superscript or a subscript or anything like that It's going to, you say it, you write it, you type it, it's going to convert it, and that is awesome. And uh, this is, you could get the premium version if you are a teacher for free, which is awesome. Uh, I believe this is another text help, and uh, this is why I will say text help 40 times in this episode, because if they're going to keep being on the side of teachers and making these tools available, you know what, I support text help a lot. There's a free, there's a free non-paid advertisement in a podcast for tech's Help.
0: Yeah, EquatIO should get one, another one of our game changer stamps here because it's just so awesome, especially for the science and math teachers out there. Kind of the same thing with my next choice, which is extensity. Anybody else out there like me that wants their screen simple, neat, clean, not a lot of clutter, that means the fewest tabs possible. That can also mean uh, the fewest number of extensions possible. You know when you add an extension to your Chrome browser, it pops up a, l- a little icon in the top right hand corner. I don't like that. There's too many of them to me, it just looks messy. and I know that doesn't bother everybody, but another downside is if you do have a bunch of extensions running, it can slow things down. So with Extensity, it kind of lets you turn off and on the extensions that you use most often. I know there's times of the year where I'm grading a lot more, so maybe I leave on my grading and feedback extensions. Times of the year where I'm doing other things more, so I turn on other extensions. It's just a really nice way to speed life up and kind of speed up your chrome browser function as well
1: and i will say something with extensity uh and another extension that i use talk and comment if i have all 167 of my extensions up and uh turned on and i try to do talk and comment it will slow down my voice so i sound even more like eeyore it's all right No one needs to remember my birthday. It's okay. No one needs to help me find my tail. <laughs> you should do the
0: whole podcast like that. would be huge. Uh, I'm pretty sure we lost about 50 people right
1: now. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so make sure you're turning on and off. Your extensions with extensity. Next one, quick, easy, kind of fun for me. It's called Forest, and the whole thing is, is it wants to keep you productive. So what you do as a person, if you find yourself working and you always go to social media or Amazon or wherever you want to go and waste time and be not as productive as you can, you get Forest, and what that does is, uh, it allows you to create like a list of these websites that are unproductive. You set a time limit that you want to be productive, 30 minutes on, five minute break, something like that and what it does is it plants a seed up in your top right corner and as you get closer to the 30 minutes of production uh it grows a tree it grows into a tree but if you stray off into one of the listed uh sites that are distraction it will start to kill and wither your tree it's kind of sick humor but that's the point of forest it keeps uh people you know just actively engaged and focused and to complete a task.
0: I'll do this next one really fast too. Everybody knows about Google Calendar, but did you know that Google Calendar has a Chrome extension as well? It really does everything that your Google Calendar does, but it lets you sort of have a really quick overview of anything that's in your Google Calendar in sort of like a one-click kind of way because now it's up in your extension bars. So just think about it as like really quick access to all of your calendar appointments and locations and documents.
1: Alright, the next one, me going for my doctorate, Grammarly has saved my rear end so many times. It will help me with my grammar, it will teach me what I'm doing wrong, like, uh, series, uh, things in a series. I always screw up things of a series, matching, you know, everything together, uh, so it also keeps those statistics and it sends me a report every once in a while. It lets me know where I'm improving in my writing. Grammarly is an extension that everyone should have. Just be careful because sometimes the if you have more than one of these grammar type extensions, sometimes they don't always play nice together. But I will tell you, Grammarly is by far the most superior one.
0: Yeah, I use it too. It really helped me out with uh, My problem is writing in passive voice. I do it all the time and it helps you kind of fix stuff like that over time. Really awesome. Uh, the next one's another uh, quick, easy one to start using, it's called Hover Zoom. And if you have Hover Zoom as an extension in your Chrome browser, uh, when you kind of mouse over top of a thumbnail image that might be otherwise too small to see, it sort of automatically enlarges that image and lets you get a good look at it so you can decide what you want to do with it, save it, share it, or otherwise. So Hover Zoom is pretty cool. Uh,
1: Another one that does pretty much the same thing, but I really like it when we go to Google Images because it will do the same thing is Images. And uh, that's I-M-A-G-U-S. And it allows you to enlarge the thumbnails and bring out these images. So if you set it to the smallest setting, uh, you have 50 pictures showing up there and you want to see which one actually has the correct labels on there
0: and you kind of want to preview it. That's when you would use it. So that is images. And next we have LastPass, L-A-S-T-P-A-S-S. I didn't get into this at the start of the school year, but I wish I had because it sounds phenomenal. Everybody knows all the different subscription services we have these days. We've all got a list of probably 20 to 100 different passwords. I still have mine on a piece of paper somewhere which is insane because I'm constantly crossing things off and updating it. With LastPass it automatically saves all your passwords. It also uh, gives you secure access from any computer or mobile device you're on. Takes away all the memorization aspect for you. Extremely big time saver uh, for uh, to use LastPass to really not ever worry about remembering or changing a password ever again.
1: All right, I'm going to bundle two together because they have pretty much the same functionality, and that's Mercury Reader and Print Friendly PDF. Personally, I like Print Friendly PDF a little bit better because it allows you to kind of go in to a web page that you want to print out, and it will have Xboxes on every component of that web page, and you can choose which ones stay and get printed and which ones go. Uh, Mercury Reader automatically clears away the clutter from all the articles instantly so if it's something where i just wanted the article i would use mercury reader if I just want the words, but say I want to keep a couple pictures or something in there, then I would use print-friendly PDF.
0: That's awesome. Uh, the next one, it kind of goes along with Forest. So imagine using uh, the Forest extension along with this one. It's called Noisely. Uh, Noisely is again for maybe people that have a hard time focusing while you're trying to work on something. When Noisely is activated, really it just kind of creates a nice environment by blocking out annoying noises and creating the uh, the right environment for you to work and relax. Like I said, if you sort of have this turned on, along side with trying to keep your forest alive from the forest extension maybe you'll reach new heights of productivity
1: uh the next one is called one click shortener and it's a lot like bit.ly it's a lot like bitly uh the one difference is uh In social media, when you go to Twitter and you want to post a picture or something like that and it has a super long URL, but say you don't want to customize it or track it like you would in Bitly, you could use one-click shortener and it will automatically shorten the link and you could just copy and paste right in. It kind of takes the uh, one step out of Bitly or two steps if you're doing it to customize it that would be an additional step but just bare bones getting a regular bit.ly link uh, you would have to click on the bit.ly extension and then say that you want this URL and put it in there and all that. Where this one you just click the extension and it automatically creates the smaller link. So a little bit different there, two different purposes, both equally awesome.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Um, and then we have one tab. One tab is is not for me, but I know guys is going to get upset about this because it's totally for him. All right, just stop. I'll do this. One. You should probably just do this one, all
1: right. One tab <laughs> is amazing. It, it is a game changer in my opinion um it has several functionalities that are several functions that are awesome all right the first one is i'm a tech coach i work with a teacher every single period of the day all right so i might have 10 links open with a project that i'm working with nick i get done with him i go to the next one i'll have 10 different links there and tend the different links to the next period. So after each period, what I could do is hit the one link tab and it's going to shorten them all into a list, a hyperlinked list. And then I can save that list, say Nick Johnson's resources, and I can make sure that it doesn't go away. And then the next one, I work with um, another teacher, insert Steve, Steve's A teacher that I just made up and we're doing a project I could create a list there say we were just working on my computer well one tab allows me to send that list using the URL that is on that combined list to Steve or to Nick so they also have the resources it also allows me to lock them so they can't be deleted now the next day, Nick comes back, and we want to work on a project, but we only need two of those links. Well, guess what? I could click on those two links, and those are the only two tabs that are going to pop up. But that whole list is still going to be there. So there's several uses. You could use this for sharing resources with your students as well.
0: Yep, one tab is really cool for all those people that are into lots of tabs or sharing lots of tabs. Definitely some uses there. This one I think is so awesome and doesn't get as much attention as I think it should. It's our stickies. Um, if you can imagine, uh, sort of, I know a lot of just regular computers like the desktop. Uh, the, the computer itself has this feature. We can sort of add like a little sticky note, a digital sticky note to the screen as like a to-do list or whatever else. Our stickies lets you do that, but it lets you do it in your Chrome browser on websites. Uh, and the way it works is you place the sticky note, type in whatever you want. It can also this The sticky can also be a screenshot or an image which you can drag, resize, make bigger, smaller. The coolest part is if you're on a website doing something and you have to stop and move on to something else and you want to come back to it later, if you put a sticky note on that website and you can x out of the whole window when you come back to it later that same sticky note will still be there on that site in the same position really really cool way to kind of keep track and remember what you're doing uh, within your browser so check it out
1: all right so i'm gonna knock out three because they all kind of run with one another and that is tab glue tab scissors and tab resize so a lot of times like i know a lot of tech coaches have two monitors So what they'll do is they'll throw up something and say they want to work on something else. So they'll kick that uh, window over to a different monitor and work on something else on the main monitor. Well, on your Chromebooks or anything where you have Google Chrome, you can get tab glue, tab scissors, and tab resize. So tab scissors allows you to split a window into two, uh, but they're still in one tab. So you could see two different things. So if you're working on transferring information into a Google Sheet, so off of an email into a Google Sheet, you can use tab scissors and have your uh, Google Sheet there and your email. So you can constantly work on two or work off of two things. Now tab glue uh, allows you to glue those windows back together. So it's, kind of the opposite. But my favorite is tab resize. And tab resize allows you to split the screen, resize it in different um, formats that you want. So say you want four different web uh, pages up there. One is super important. The other three are important, but you want to be able to toggle between the four. Tab resize would be that way of looking at them all without having to buy more monitors to get one on each screen.
0: That's an amazing one and I'm gonna do not our final selection but our final selection for those of you that may have trouble focusing in that this one is called strict workflow. So, we've got Forest, we've got Noisily and now we have strict workflow. What this does when it's enabled is it kind of enforces uh, certain times of distraction-free work followed by breaks and I think they use like a 25-minute to 5-minute ratio where it kind of times out for you 25 minutes of distraction-free work and then it lets you know when that is over followed by a five-minute break and you can repeat that cycle as many times as you need to sort of force yourself to not stray from whatever work you're trying to get done.
1: This might, That might be a great tool for to use in your classroom too, because uh, a lot of times you need your students to get up and move around, especially if you're in block scheduling. So maybe have one of these things there. It's a good compromise. Uh, The next one probably has the best name out of the whole list, and that is Sir Linksalot. When we go to our Google apps um, within G Suite for Education, if you want to push out a link to your students and they have to make a copy, there's a shortcut to do that in the URL. If you want to make it easy, you just use Sir lot. So you want to push out a Google Doc, but you don't want them to be able to edit it, but you want them to have their own copy, you could use the SirLinks a lot. Extension to force them to make a copy that goes into their Google Drive. You could do this also When for them to view a PDF. And also, uh, it just makes everything that much easier. And you really cut down on a lot of steps, so it's gonna save you a lot of time, especially if you're one of those teachers that shares a lot of things with your students.
0: This next one will be my final selection out of the list of 50, uh, and it's called Push Bullet. Anybody else who's like me that kind of gets a little bit anxious feeling sometimes because so many of the things we collect and digital things in terms of photos songs links they're all over the place i got some on my phone i have some on my computer i have some on whatever tablet i use at home i have some on my home computer versus school they're everywhere Uh, but push bullet kind of gives us a place to sort of populate all of those resources all in one spot this even can include things that uh, your friends uh, send you put it all in one place with Push bullet to kind of streamline where you go to find really any, anything that you've saved for yourself for later.
1: And number 50, and this should be a drum roll because I feel like uh, we, we did the marathon today, but we can't leave a QR extension out of, out of the picture here. So the QR code extension is our selection for a QR code generator and reader in one. Now note that a lot of the smartphones now in their camera function, has the ability to read QR codes, and I I think that's awesome because we all have our phones there, but to generate one is a little different. Use the QR code extension to create a QR code that will point people to a website or a resource, anything with a URL, and it kind of takes student learning to the next level. I know that you do an amazing race based on all QR codes. This would be something that you would use for that type of a project. Say that you You want students to get information Uh, in the hallway you have a poster saying that there's a dance next Friday but you need them to know that it's formal it's $15 it's at this address it's blah 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 slap a QR code if they're interested in signing up you could attach it to a form whatever you want to do Google form they hit the QR code with their phone they fill out the form and they're off to the races
0: so those are our 50 Chrome extension choices. Hopefully you found at least a few things that you can use out of that list. And remember, like I said at the beginning, please let us know if you enjoyed this episode where we just kind of massively blasted you with as many different selections as possible rather than just focusing on like one or two and really deeply exploring those. Here we're kind of leaving the exploring up to you guys, but please reach out with that feedback and uh, definitely check us out next time on Got Tech The Podcast.